Thanks for joining us for this HemiSync podcast. We are joined today by Dr. Deepak Chopra, a man who really needs no introduction. But uh, Deepak is a renowned pioneer in integrative medicine and personal transformation. He's the founder of the Chopra Foundation, as well as a co-founder of Jio.com and the Chopra Center for Wellbeing. He has been lauded as a visionary thinker by such outlets as Time Magazine, The World Post, and Huffington Post. Uh, Dr. Chopra is a board-certified physician. Uh, he serves on the faculty of various schools, including UC San Diego, um, the Kellogg School of Business, and uh, Columbia Business School. Um, Deepak is also the author of more than 85 books. Uh, his most recent is called You Are the Universe, Discovering Your Cosmic Self and Why It Matters. So, uh, Dr. Chopra, thank you for uh, joining us today. Thank you for sure. recording Perfect Health with us. Sure. And I uh, wanted to just talk a bit about some of your uh, current projects and uh, thinking. Um, I know that in You Are the Universe, you uh, talk about qualia, which is a direct su uh, subjective experience. And you offer it up, really, as a model for a new science of consciousness. Can you just talk a bit about qualia? Okay, the best way to understand qualia is as a quality of experience. So, um, right now we are having an experience. And fundamental experience is in the form of sense perceptions. So, I sense a color. I sense a shape. Right? I sense sound. I sense hardness or relative softness. I sense um, uh, taste smell, um, all the sensory experiences are qualities of awareness. Um, and raw experience is just that, sensations, images, feelings, thoughts. And they're all kind of intertwined. I hate to use the word entangled, <clears throat> but it would be a good word. Mm -hmm. Sensations, including sense perceptions, images in imagination, um, Thoughts, feelings are intertwined. So if you change, let's say you were feeling anxious right now, then everything around you would appear dangerous. Mm. Okay. Or if you had a thought that um, uh, somebody close to you has been diagnosed with cancer, that would affect not only your emotions, but also your imagination. You start to think of all the possibilities that can go wrong. And it would affect the way you perceive reality because that diagnosis of cancer changes your personal relationships, social interactions, etc., depending on the quality of that experience. So since sense perceptions, images, feelings, thoughts, are modifications of consciousness, modifications of awareness. And we call them qualia because they're qualities of experience. Hardness is a quality of experience. Softness is a quality of experience. Warmth is a quality of experience. Lightness is a quality of experience. Beauty is a quality of experience. Um, all we have is experience, right? There is no reality that is not either a direct experience, yours or somebody else's, or an inference 
of that experience, including space-time. Mm -hmm. You know, space-time is an experience. I'm experiencing the space we're in, and we say now it's um, whatever, four o'clock in the afternoon. So that's an experience. Now, as human beings, what we do is we give names to these experiences. So if I asked you, what's this, you'd say it's a watch. Uh, if I asked you, what's this, you'd say it's a hand. If I ask you, what's this? It's a table. That's a human construct. You know, a dog or an, another animal would have raw experience without labeling it, at least as far as we know, the way we construct language. So what we do is we modify consciousness first into experience, qualities of experience. A thought is a modified form of experience. A feeling is a modified form of experience, of awareness, and because experience is an awareness. So all experience is qualia. And qualia are modifications or excitations of awareness. But then we label them as human beings and we construct human reality. Mm -hmm. So even the fact that we say this is a body, right? I said, this is a body. That's a human construct because how do I know if there is a body? I give a name to an intermittent stream of sensations, images, feelings, and thoughts. Mm -hmm. Then as a human being, I say, this is a human body. That's a dog's body. That's an elephant's body. That's a tree. That's a star. That's a galaxy. That's a boson. That's an electron. These are all human constructs for modes of knowing and experience in awareness. Those modes of knowing and experience in awareness are qualities of awareness that we call qualia. Mm -hmm. So basically the universe the humans occupy is the human construct. Firstly, that's the first thing to understand. The second thing to understand is that our sensory experience takes a very thin sliver of reality. For example, the electromagnetic spectrum that we perceive as the visual spectrum, that's one-tenth of a trillionth of the visual electromagnetic, I shouldn't say visual because we don't experience it, mm -hmm. but what we experience visually is one-tenth of a trillionth of the electromagnetic spectrum. What we experience as sound uh, is also a very small fragment of uh, the experience that could be sound. For example, you don't experience infrasonic or ultrasonic. Whales and dolphins and other animals experience these things. You don't experience the echo of ultrasound, mm -hmm. which a bat experiences. Uh, a honeybee uh, navigates the world through ultraviolet. A snake navigates experience through infrared. So what is reality? Well, reality is a human construct in human awareness. We are a species of awareness having a human experience and we call that mind, body and universe. But in reality there's no mind, there's no body, and there's no universe. These are modifications of consciousness within consciousness. You know, a good teacher of meditation, Rupert Spira says, consciousness is that in which all experience occurs. Mm -hmm. All experience is known and out of which all experience is made. So experience is made in consciousness, by consciousness, as qualia. 
when we label it, then we create a universe with space-time and causality and everything else. Gotcha. And um, so just to uh, differentiate, so this is a, this is a uh, model of reality that is based on experience as opposed to this, 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 the standard models that prevail in physics right now, which are based on physical matter. Um, and then you also talk about pure consciousness. I no, guess. but let's just oh. physical matter. Okay? okay. Okay. Matter. Matter. Mm -hmm. This stuff. This is the interpretation of an experience in consciousness. Mm -hmm. Right? It's the interpretation of sense perceptions. When we objectify that as humans, we call it matter. We call it physical reality, but there's no such thing, you know. Could you have, could, is there matter, is there reality without experiencing it? If there is, you never know what it is, mm -hmm. right? And even when we go into the physical models, you know, when we go into the physical models, if we want to go there as objective reality, because it's not really objective, it's intersubjective human experience, mm -hmm. but let's say, there's an observer-independent reality. We'll never know it. Mm -hmm. How do you prove the existence of an observer-independent reality? You know, one of the tenets of science is validation and falsifiability. Right. We can't either validate or falsify the existence of matter. Right, and so the observer be becomes critical. Um, and so you also talk about experience where uh, the observer and the observed become one, so to speak. Um, could you talk a bit about that? Yes. So, right now, for me, I'm the observer. Mm -hmm. You're the observed. For you, you're the observer, and I'm the observed. And of course, this is also part of the observed, right? This, mm -hmm. this, this, whatever. Everything around us. So, awareness knows itself. Remember, awareness is not personal, okay? Mm -hmm. Awareness knows itself as the subject and object of all experience. Yes. Okay? Now, you can say, I'm the subject and the rest is the object, but I can say, I'm the subject and the rest is the object. For awareness, there's neither subject nor object. Mm -hmm. Awareness knows itself as both the subject and object of experience. So you say, where is awareness? Where is this? You know the hard problem of consciousness? Mind the reason, versus matter. Huh? Mind versus matter. Yeah. Yes. That will never be solved with a physicalist ontology. Right. Why? Because awareness has no form. Consciousness has no form, right? Mm -hmm. If consciousness had a form, you'd be able to see it, empirically measure it, taste it, touch it, smell it, but consciousness has no form. Mm -hmm. Being formless, it has no location in space-time. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it is inconceivable. Why? Because our imagination and all our concepts are based on experiences in space-time. So, consciousness is inconceivable, but without it, there would be no experience. So, it is modifying itself into both subject and object of experience as qualia. Yes. Okay. There's a very important element here. You say if, if something is inconceivable, inconceivable, I can't see it, I can't imagine it, I can't touch it, taste it, smell it, 
think about it, then how do I know it exists? Mm -hmm. And the answer is, it exists as a feeling. It's knowing, mm -hmm. it's knowable, it's inconceivable, but it's knowable as the feeling that we call I. Mm -hmm. It's the most common word in any language. I went to the movies, I had Chinese food, I'm in love, I'm afraid, I like mountains, I um, don't like Donald Trump, whatever. <laughs> so I is the timeless factor in every time-bound experience. Because, you know, I had Chinese food, that's time-bound, it's gone. Yeah. I saw this movie, it's gone. Okay, I have this body, actually that's also, this body is not the one I had 10 years ago or 5 years ago or even 5 minutes ago right. because it's an intermittent stream of sensations, images, feelings, thoughts. So while we cannot conceive of consciousness, we can know it as the feeling I. Mm -hmm. So when we say, ask somebody, where are you? They usually say, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Okay, now that's a misperception too because there's no I in this the body is not a container of experience. Okay? The body is not the container of awareness. Right. The body is an experience in awareness. Yes. So I is not in the body. The body is in I. Right. The world is in I. That's why, you know, many wisdom traditions say, I'm not in the world. The world is in me. Right. I'm not in the body. The body is in me. I'm not in the mind. The mind is in me. The body, mind and and the universe, they occur in me as experiences as I curve back within myself and create again and again. So it's this I am really that is the container of experience. Correct. Um, and so as we get to this I, this, this big I for lack of a better word. Um, where the small I is a socially induced hallucination. Right. Okay. So this big I, um, we're kind of bumping up against what you call pure consciousness now. Is that correct? And with, with, with pure consciousness, there is no qualia. Pure consciousness is the potential for qualia. Mm -hmm. So pure consciousness is the immeasurable potential for all that was, all that is, and all that will ever be. So, you know, people say very interesting things. You know, I've been in debates with good neuroscientists sure. and good, good scientists in general. They say if you say that the human, uh, the universe is a human construct, mm -hmm. um, that possibly can't be true. There were dinosaurs before us. Planet Earth was there before us. Mm -hmm. The you know the, the universe has existed for 13.8 billion years. So what are you saying? It's a mm -hmm. human construct. But if what we call present moment experience is a human construct, then the past that we construct in imagination, right? Yes and through mathematics, whatsoever, is also a human construct. The entire history of the universe is a human construct. It's, human construct, yeah. it's a human construct. And, uh, you know, you say, but I see a fossil record. Mm -hmm. You know, I see this fossil. Well, what you see is a shape. You see a color. You experience hardness. You identify that as a bone. That's mm -hmm. a human construct. But what you are experiencing is qualia, right? Mm -hmm. Shape, colors, taste, smell, etc then the construct is, this is a bone, this is a skeleton. And then that based on that construct, you imagine what would have looked like a dinosaur had you been there as a human being, but you weren't there. Mm -hmm. Okay, when you imagine or construct the early history of the universe, is 
you know, even things like atoms and bosons and electromagnetism and gravity and space-time, these are human constructs for modes of knowing and experience in consciousness. Yeah. So when we imagine the history of the universe, what we imagine is what it would have looked like to a human being having a human experience. Mm -hmm. Okay, so even the past history of the universe is a human construct. What is pure consciousness? So, you know, the way I think about this is that we are a species of consciousness that is being experienced as this body-mind and all that goes with this body-mind, this, mm -hmm. that I right now call the human construct, La Jolla, mm -hmm. okay, and this room, this office that we call Jaya, yes. for lack of a better word. We made it up, right? Yes. If, and it's useful construct, right? If I say, uh, let's meet on Broadway and 56th uh, at 12 noon uh, tomorrow in New York, and then we'll go to Serafina and have Caesar salad. Mm -hmm. These are very useful constructs, but they're still constructs. We made up 56th, Broadway, latitude, right. longitude, New York, Serafina, Caesar salad. Yes. Okay. So the, the constructs are very useful to navigate experience. Yes. All science is built on these human constructs. And it's very useful because science helps us navigate human experience, measure human experience, and change human experience right now with artificial intelligence and so many other mm -hmm. technologies, virtual reality, augmented reality. We have, you know, in the future you'll have sensors that will translate the experience of a spider or an elephant or a whale and your brain will adapt to it and you can have those experiences if you want. Yes. But we should never forget that the construct is not reality. The construct, mm -hmm. If you want to know reality, what is fundamental reality is that in which the construct arises. Mm -hmm. And that can only be consciousness awareness. That is creating constructs through modes of experience. Now, other sentient beings, whatever their qualia are, I, I have no access to. I don't have the access to the qualia of a whale or a dolphin or a eagle or a bat or a caterpillar or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, these are species of consciousness. We are a species of consciousness. And all these species of consciousness are like rivulets coming from pure consciousness. Mm -hmm. So pure consciousness differentiates itself into all these different species of consciousness which have their own worlds. And yet there's leakage. Yes. You know, like if you have a dog, you have a relationship with the dog. Even though you don't know, you know, what reality is like to a dog. What do you look like to a dog? Does the bark of a dog sound the same to a dog as it sounds to you? Does the caw of a crow sound the same as it sounds to you? Probably not. It has yep. a completely different nervous system, mm -hmm. right? Impossible to and yet we, there's leakage, right? If you love your dog, if you have a relationship with your dog, then some qualia, experience of love, is leaking from one species into the other. Mm -hmm. um, so there's the relationship between predator and prey, etc. You know, uh, even though you have no idea what the real experience is. So the leaking in this case is a feeling of love. And so as we go from pure consciousness out to this world of constructs that we inhabit, which is actually not real, these rivulets, as, as you describe them, um, am I correct in understanding that um, you postulate 
um, areas of, I, I think they're called subtle qualia, that are intermediate, or um, am I conflating two ideas? No, here? I would say if you want to use this word soul for fundamental awareness in a species, and which is of course influenced by culture, by history, by mm -hmm. economics, by religion, by all these, you know, we are conditioned minds, right? Yeah. So, yet there is intersubjective experience that we all agree on. We say, this is uh, the color uh, orange or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I have no ex idea whether you're experiencing the same as me. All right. we agree on is the label we have given this. Okay. But if you go uh, trace all these rivulets back to their source, there's infinite consciousness. Mm -hmm. Now, even the word infinite is misleading. Because when you think infinite, you think stretching endlessly in space and time. Right. It has no form. Right. So <laughs> you can't even use the word infinite. But that formless, infinite, um, pure consciousness is at the source of everything that we call experience. Our experience and the experience of other species, mm -hmm. including the experience, you know, in many traditions, a tree is a sentient being, mm -hmm. and so is a wasp, so is a stingray, so is a mosquito, so is an insect with a hundred eyes, and right. they're all having different experiences, because consciousness is modifying itself into infinite observers, mm -hmm. infinite modes of observation, and infinite objects observed, or yes. you can say infinite seers, infinite modes of seeing, infinite sceneries, right. but they're all happening within this pure consciousness. Now the beauty is we can transcend to this pure consciousness through meditation. Yes. And then we know love as the ultimate truth. Mm -hmm. no, love not as a mere sentiment, love not as a mere emotion, but love as the ultimate truth at the heart of creation, which is all knowers, all modes of knowing, and all objects known, all observers, all modes of observation, all objects seen, all seers, all modes of seeing, and all scenery, all is actually oneness. So taking it back to quality, yes. yes. So this uh, field of consciousness that you describe, which we all participate in, that field is very different from what I think people ordinarily experience their consciousness as. They, ex they experience it as very bounded, as finite, you know, as this kind of you know, sack of, you know, it's like a meat body, basically. People don't perceive that their consciousness really goes beyond that. They don't perceive a field, really. Is there a way that we can access this field of consciousness through qualia? By tracing qualia to the source. Mm -hmm. And so the qualia is a modality of experience, right? And then what we call the physical world, even the body and the mind, are constructs based on that qualia. Mm -hmm. So we cannot experience pure consciousness through qualia. We can experience pure consciousness when we dial down the excitations of consciousness that are qualia. So qualia are excitations of consciousness that we label as thoughts, feelings, emotions, mm -hmm. images, sense experiences, sense perceptions. Mm -hmm. But when we dial these down, you know, at night they're dialing down, we call that the dream state, Yes. right? And then you dial it down even further, it's deep sleep. Yes. Now in deep sleep, awareness doesn't go away. In fact, 
there is a lot of unconscious processing going on in deep sleep. People now know that. You know, there's creativity happening in deep sleep. There's the proliferation of uncertainty in deep sleep. There are insights that happen after you wake up from deep sleep. Mm -hmm. So deep sleep is the closest that we can get to pure consciousness. Yes. Uh, death would be even closer to pure consciousness. <laughs> Most people aren't okay. in too big of a hurry for that, though. So, well, I think, you know, if you experience pure consciousness, you'll never be afraid of death mm -hmm. because, you know, the people are afraid of what is they think is the unknown. But if the unknown becomes known to you right now, then you'll see that death is just uh, the, the rest phase between qualia recycling. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to use the word reincarnation because it gets religious and, you know, but what recycles are qualia. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the nature of consciousness that it can't stay in perfect equilibrium all the time. Yeah. Okay, like, you know, pure consciousness is such a state of delicate, total absence of qualia mm -hmm. that as soon as it dis gets disturbed, it gets excited into the experience of qualia. So we call that the dream state at night. Mm -hmm. And then we call this the waking state. But they're both qualia. So, so is birth a construct. Mm -hmm. Because consciousness being formless, non-local, is not subject to birth and death. The real you was never born. Yes. Therefore, it's not subject to death. Yes. So in the Vedanta, they say water cannot wet it, wind cannot dry it, weapons cannot shatter it, fire cannot burn it. It's unborn. It's not subject to yes. death. Yes. So just to hopefully make this more accessible for some people from an everyday perspective, um, you make the point in your book uh, that certain experiences such as insight involve a form of direct knowing that is not typical of our sort of typical linear knowing, which comes as a result of some progression of, de of deductive thought. And so you go instantaneously from a period of not knowing something to all of a sudden having this knowledge that wasn't there before and it happens in a flash. It happens on waking up from the qualia to the awareness in which the qualia are being produced. And you realize that qualia are intermittent in fact they die as soon as they're born mm. okay so all experience is over as soon as it arises now we experience continuity simply because the, we repeat the the observation over and over again every act of observation there's a new knower new uh, mode of knowing and new uh, object known and then you know this uh, this is a thing but actually it's not a thing it's, all form is a phenomena, and all phenomena is the arising and subsiding of qualia in an eternal now. Mm -hmm. And the eternal now is pure consciousness. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to wake up to. Uh -huh. And so hopefully bringing this back around to Perfect Health, which is a seven exercise set that Deepak just recorded with us. Um, in it, you reference a state of consciousness where um, there is infinite potential and there's no sickness. How does that relate to kind of all the things we've just discussed? So in medicine, the state of health that is perfect mm -hmm. in the absence of say a congenital anomaly or this, you know, by the way, only 5% of disease related gene mutations are fully penetrant, which means 
the genetic mistake, which is like a typo, or you might say an error in the expression of the gene. Only 5% are fully penetrant. We can't stop them. And so they are basically recycled expressions of qualia, I would say. But in 95% of disease states, even those diseases that are related to mutations, the mutation is either because of lifestyle, uh, absence of uh, good sleep, stress, unhealthy emotions, um, not feeling connected, food that contains toxins, um, and social interactions that are damaging, uh, and, uh, and basically the environment. Okay? Mm -hmm. But when you transcend to a qualia-less state, there is relatively perfect equilibrium, which is in medicine we call homeostasis. So homeostasis is a, dyna is, is a dynamic non-change in the midst of change. What's your blood sugar? It's between, okay, it's between whatever, 80 and uh, 120 milligrams per sector. What's your blood pressure? 120 by 80. What's your cortisol level? It ranges between this and this. So there's a range of, um, of qualities, of uh, expressions of consciousness that we have created constructs around sugar, cortisol, immune function, etc. Mm -hmm. And these, even though the, the expression is dynamic, it stays within a certain range. Mm -hmm. That state of dynamic non-change, or let's say that state of seeming non-change, mm -hmm. because it's actually dynamic, it's mm -hmm. not, it seems non-changing, that is called homeostasis, which is consciousness self-regulating itself as this that we humans call biology. Mm -hmm. So our biology, the perfect state of well-being would be uh, perfect um, homeostasis. And that ultimately occurs when your body is in sync, mm -hmm. but we're going to talk about anything, your mm -hmm. body is in sync with the rhythms of the universe. Mm -hmm. So right now, you know, we have uh, at least four universes, four, four rhythms you can identify. As the earth spins on its axis, we have the circadian rhythm, the mm -hmm. cycle of night and day. And your body is different mm -hmm. in every moment of time during 24 hours cortisol levels, immune function, hormones, blood sugar, body temperature, they're constantly changing as the earth is spinning on its axis because you're part of the orchestra that we call the universe. Mm -hmm. into the activity of the pineal gland and we now know that that's true of all biological organisms birds start to migrate you know, from you know winter climates to summer regions as the as the earth is spinning as going around the sun similarly the gravitational effects of the sun and the moon on the earth cause uh, tidal rhythms and uh, there's an ocean inside you uh, which is similar to the ocean that we emerge from in evolutionary, in the construct that we call evolution. Mm -hmm. So um, there are tidal rhythms, there are lunar rhythms. You're part of a symphony, and that symphony is the total universe, yes. and the microcosm that we call the human body is reflecting that symphony. Yes. If you're totally in sync with 
the universe, which is also qualia, mm-hmm. right? Then your body will be in perfect health. Now we can get as close to that, provided you don't have a fully penetrant gene mutation by dialing down the qualia. Mm-hmm. So when you go into the stillness of consciousness, yes, as pure consciousness, your body goes into homeostasis, right. which we call perfect health. And so we're trying to use heavy techniques, exercises to create various brain states that uh, Deepak is referencing here, going from kind of a coherent brain state, um, expanding to sort of a uh, mind-awake body of sleep state, and then finally into a state of expanded awareness. Um, and health is important, you know, for certain obvious reasons, but also, as you, um, as you referenced, the symphony that we're all a part of gets disturbed when various points of consciousness within it are not healthy, right? Correct. You know, the word health is a very interesting word. Health, holy, healing, wholeness. Mm-hmm. So health is the return of the memory of wholeness. When we go back to our source, which is pure consciousness, and we remember that that's who we are, ultimately, expressing itself right now intermittently as a stream of sensations, images, feelings, and thoughts that we call body, mind, and universe, when we dial down, and that's very important because through these technologies, including Emmy Singh, we also have, you know, these constructs. So if if uh, your brain waves are more than 14 cycles per second, you're probably stressed. Mm-hmm. Okay, if they are between 8 and 14, you're in getting into a relaxed state, which yep. we call the alpha state. Yep. Okay, more than 14 is beta, mm-hmm. and these are constructs that we agree to. Yes. If you go between 4 and 12, or 4 and 7, then you're in the delta state, the theta state, which is the dream state. Right. When you dial down even before that, you go into the deep state between 0 and 4. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were to dial down to 0, then most people would say you're dead. Yeah. Okay? But in fact, you can, in true samadhi, uh-huh. you can dial down to zero, and then you say, that's not death, that yeah. is immortality. Yes. Okay? So, death is a construct. Yes. Immortality is the reality. And there are stories of these monks that can actually do that. Oh, yeah. So, no, no, I've known that. people, and you know, I practice meditation myself, mm-hmm. and I can experience. You know, at night when I go to sleep, I close my eyes and first I get rid of the visual qualia, Mm -hmm. okay? And so all I have is auditory qualia, which means I can hear sounds, and I have some sensations. And I don't label the sensations. So there's a sensation here, there's a sensation there. I don't say this is my sensation from my stomach or that's a construct. So I can, as I'm dialing down at sleep, before sleep in my meditation, slowly first get rid of the visual qualia, only experiencing auditory qualia, and then also experiencing sensations, and also experiencing thought. Mm-hmm. That's a sensation. That's and you're pointing to your belly sound. there. Huh? Yeah. You're pointing to your, to your belly yeah. there, which yeah. is interesting. When I transcend thought, as I drift into sleep, or into pure consciousness, or into deep meditation, that's pure consciousness. It's very interesting. We should make an exercise for that next. Yeah, we can do it with this technology. <laughs>